All right, it's time for a little ad break. Ever wonder what a unicorn eats for breakfast? Okay, I don't actually know, but I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, marketing, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save big on your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, go to HubSpot.com slash startups. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, we gotta do that. Uh, we are here. It is, I don't know what the name we're going to choose for this, but right now it's called Million Dollar Brainstorm. Someone, uh, I had people tweet at me Yeah, what'd you get? using that name. That name. Okay, good. I think the expectations are a little high. I want these to be ideas that may or may not be million dollar ideas, but we're back. We got good feedback last week, so we said, let's do it again. The idea with this is every Friday morning, me and Sam get together, and instead of getting breakfast, we sort of shoot the shit on different ideas, different trends, different yeah. businesses that are cooking in your brain. And so you and I have access to a lot of people that... M- quote normal people don't have access to just because we and so let's just use the stories that we're hearing and (laughs) and we can kind of put two and two together and tell everyone else who doesn't have the same access yeah before this one i was like asking for permission from a bunch of people i was like hey can i talk about that idea you said or this week i'm not going to do those but by next week hopefully i have but we have friends who run or own multi-billion dollar companies or companies that have sold for no big deal yeah like these like (laughs) huge they're either friends or acquaintances enough that we like are like oh i heard this guy is trying this thing those guys that i call call friends and they like half remember my name yeah yeah well cool. but we definitely have insider information that <laughs> we can kind of uh okay share. so what is this box you just put on uh, yeah the, i just put a box desk. on sean's desk it's my sperm uh so last <laughs> week last week we talked about sperm banks it's all clean okay so you the, can open that box up it's clean I, I, everything's everything's good it's called daddy is this real yeah so take that white bit off okay and then you can open the box Oh man, this is a total unboxing. This is great. Okay. Open the box. Okay, now don't touch that thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've okay. reached the final boss. Yeah, so I went and tried it. It's going to be $100 a year. $100 a year. Called This is a service called Daddy. D A D I S E. Yeah. And uh, this looks good. This looks like an Apple product here. It looks like a pair of headphones or something. Yeah. And so inside is your sperm, and you're going to freeze this for how long? I don't know yet. I just, we talked about it last week and I think it's a really good idea. So I'm going to try it. Okay. So we'll see. I'll know maybe and in two wh- weeks. What did you see in there? Did you see a bunch of other people? Were they all people of different ages? Like, did you notice anything else while you were there or? Oh, no. Oh, they mailed this to you. They just mailed it to me. Oh, okay. Even better. Yeah. And I actually talked to loads of men who are my age or even younger and a lot of them are doing it. So I think that this whole sperm bank thing is actually way bigger than I actually anticipated. I'm going to pay $100 a year for it. I went into it thinking to pay for 20 years. Right. Okay, wow. All right, awesome. Okay, so that's one. That's a, that's a follow-up from last week, really. Yeah, and I have one more follow-up from last week. So okay, great. we talked about looking at competitors. So there's this woman on Twitter. Her name is Jane Wong, but her handle is Wong M. Jane. So W-O-N-G-M-J-A-N-E. All she does is she re- reverse engineers apps. Yes. She's uh, like Facebook's kryptonite, right? She always finds the new Facebook features before Facebook rolls them out. Yeah, she's great. So that's a good follow. My friend Patrick t- texted me and showed me that. And then another great tweet that I found, there was a, a study. I found it again through Patrick and, and this guy named Cameron tweeted it out. So they did a study, I think tens of thousands of men. Most men above age 50 claim they felt masculine. Most men below age 35 
said they do not feel masculine. And we were talking about TRT stuff, and I, th- I was like, I think this stuff's going to get more popular. Yeah. And I think that's one data point that shows that it might be bigger than we had said. Yeah, you know, not all the ideas that we say on this are, like, great ideas. That's, like, you know, it's a brainstorm. But unless the sperm bank for me, but the TRT one, I'm like, oh, my God, that, that is a great idea. There's another name that I want to find, so I'm going to try to half Google while I'm doing this. There's somebody on Twitter who is, you were talking about competitors. There's a woman on Twitter who talks a lot about e-commerce stuff. And there's a lot of accounts on Twitter that are sort of like, I make six figures doing doing right. drop shipping. You should like too. Stuff. She's kind of like that. Like she sells guides, but she puts out a lot of free content on her Twitter that she tries to sell more of in the, on the guide. And her free content is actually pretty good. So she was talking about like, how do you find who supplies the brands that you buy? What she was showing was, you know, they all get manufactured outside of the U.S. usually. So they have to come in through customs. So you actually go to these two customs registries. You search the company's brand name. And you can see who they're receiving shipments from. You go look those companies up and, oh, what do you know? These tend to be the manufacturers of that product. I would love to And see so you that. can go work backwards. You can find those exact suppliers. And it's pretty clever. So, And a lot of times I've noticed you can do that when you – so I'll like want to know who a supplier is and I'll buy the product. And if you look inside the box – Right. You read the label. You try yeah, to find it. If you it. look in the box, like in the cardboard box, a lot of times – or you can reverse search the sender – mailing address. Anyway, there's a bunch of really cool things that you could do. We should actually talk about that okay. uh, another time. Yeah, cool. All right, what else you got? We got because we got to go quick today. We only got 20 minutes left. Okay. So, some new ideas here. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Yes. Okay. Oh, first of all, we had a ton of people sign up for trends after this, and I got in trouble for giving out a code when I shouldn't have. Okay. So, if you <laughs> use that code, you better hurry up and use it now, otherwise <laughs> it's going to go away. It's going to go away. And if you want to sign up, we put a special offer at trends.co/million. Okay, And so we'll be in there, or I'll be in there. I think you are too, and we'll, we'll be talking. But that's like a, a special discount code for people. Otherwise, use the other one, but I'll get in trouble that we said last time. Okay, so two things happened over the last week that we had written about in trends. The first thing, or like a follow-up. The first thing, rig up. Yes. Okay, so I've had this hypothesis for a few months now that I think hyper-focused job boards there's a huge opportunity. The reason why is in 2011 or nine, or Fred Wilson wrote a post saying that Indeed.com was one of the best companies he ever invested in. I think mm-hmm. he said it was the best. Indeed, yeah. Okay. In- indeed. And he was explaining the mechanics behind job boards, and it was pretty amazing. And so- And what's the mechanics? It's just, here's a bunch of job postings. So the way a job, a lot of people don't actually understand how a job posting works, but basically there's like two or three models behind it, but they're all great. The first one is, so as the job board, you have to attract traffic. Yes. So you need people who are looking for that job to come to your website. Okay. To make money, what you have to do is you do a couple things. The first thing, which is what Indeed does, I think they mostly do this, is an employer will sign up and for every click or email that they get from a high intent job seeker, they'll pay Indeed a certain amount of money. Right. For every lead, basically. For every lead. It's a lead gen site. And a lot of people don't even know how that works, like lead gen site. But that's basically how it works. So as a business owner, I own a business. I'm more than happy to pay money to get people to my careers page or to send me their email of highly interested people. And then if they send me 50 people, I can pay them $50 an email and then I can go and try and close a handful of them. Right. The second way it works is, and I think this is how it works in Behance, is they pay a subscription. The company itself pays a membership, basically. Yeah. So you pay $500 a month to have your job posting on there and they promise a minimum number of email sends to right. an email list. Right. Okay. So job boards are good. Been around forever. But rig up is 
seems like is a like a, it's a job board just for one niche. I believe it's in the oil and gas industry. Oil and gas industry. And here's why that's interesting. I think that the formula for finding a job board that would work, you got to do an equation. This is how you'd rank what's interesting, which is how many openings there are available in the field. Okay, so how many openings there are in a field? multiplied by the salary of that job, multiplied by the amount of friction it takes to get that job, okay? So for example, self-driving car engineers, right? they might make on average $500,000 a year. That's probably on the high end, but let's just say that that's true. Okay, so if they make $500,000 a year, what's the supply of those folks? How many of those people are there in the world? Probably not a lot. Right. person hiring a self-driving car engineer would probably be willing to pay $100 or $200 just to get an introduction to someone who is open. Yeah, much more than that. Much more than that. Yeah, right. Thousands of, thousands of dollars. A company who's uh, Google, when they hire a self-driving car person, you know, the base recruiter fee is like 30 grand if they place the person. And I think for right. niche jobs like this, it can go upwards of 50, 100 so grand. So maybe they would pay $1,000 a lead. lead. Yeah. So if you can create, the, the idea here now is if you can build this audience of high intent self-driving car job seekers, if you can build that audience, you can earn for this argument, and it might be true, $1,000 per applicant that you send. And they're not, they don't have to land the job. They just have to show that they're interested in the job. Right. And so you have to do this math to figure out what's interesting. One thing that's incredibly interesting, and I said this was interesting a few months ago, was the oil field industry. The reason why that's in- interesting is you can have minimal education. I don't think you need a bachelor's degree. There's a whole bunch of those jobs available, and the salary is like a hundred grand. That's amazing. Right. So high amount of supply, huge demand, pretty good salary. And so Rig Up came along and they created us a, a whole bunch of tools to attract these job seekers. And now they're charging the companies on the back end. And they just raised maybe three or four, uh, like hundreds of millions of dollars from Andreessen Horowitz at like a multi billion dollar valuation. Right. Yeah. Shout out Jeff Lewis, the original investor in RigUp, is uh, one of the best unknown investors or underrated investors out there. We're not really buddies. He wrote a term sheet to us. He was the first guy. You know, we did a. It was Christmas Eve or something like that. Which everyone says investors, you know, they go away for Christmas. Yeah, they do. But if they're interested, they'll hunt you down. I was in Argentina. You know, we did a Skype call, and 24 hours later, he put a term sheet down. Like this guy moves quick. uh, He was at Founders Fund at the time, and now he's got his own fund. We didn't end up taking it because we had a cheaper source of capital. But I remember being very impressed with him, and he's built a badass portfolio. He's got Wish, Lyft, Tilray, which is like this company in Canada that's uh, was a weed company that went public already. Unless I'm mixing up the names. Jeff Lewis. Yeah. Lambda School, Rig Up, like this guy's got a, a killer portfolio. Anyways, so good on uh, him. So, Rig Up's good. Also, Incredible Health, which was Iman was on the podcast. That's a vertical. That's a niche job board, like you're talking about, where nurses is her field. Where that's another great one. Pay, nurses is a great one. Huge demand, and so and a lot. Well, but the thing is, is that a lot of people will see these companies and they won't actually understand what they're doing. They're like Rig Up or Incredible Health. They're just offering all this free stuff. How the heck do they make money? Right. It's on the jobs. Right. Um, like that is on the job. So let's talk about other jobs that are interesting. Okay. okay. Airline pilots. Mm. I was doing research. I think there's a nice size shortage of airline pilots. They're going to exist for a long time. There's not that many of them, but, and I don't think there's a significant amount of people studying them, as well as the job boards that I looked at seem pretty anti- antiquated. Right. And this is like one of those things, like a dating site, where if you built the tool, the platform, you could actually like white label it. You could just rinse and repeat it with other verticals. Let's say you did it with pilots. You probably don't need too much different functionality to try this again with 
whatever consultants or whatever the next vertical you want to try. So either oh uh, yeah, so you could just you could just clone your product, the technology you built, and that's exactly and just use it if for you a go to community. You can go to Tiny Boards. So tinyboards.co. It's my friend Andrew. He has done this for designers. He's done it for like four or five different verticals. I don't remember all the verticals. I think AI engineers. Hmm, and nice. he says it's doing wonderful. Excellent. It's doing great. Okay. Great. Okay. So pilots are interesting. Construction workers, I think, are interesting because the average pay, I would imagine, for a construction worker is at least $25 an hour. You yeah. need a lot of construction workers to get a project done. I imagine RigUp would actually go down that route. Yes. And then finally, something that I've actually tested is truck drivers. What do you mean you've tested it? You've actually tried I've, this out? I built a website and I drove paid traffic to it. And then I spoke with someone to buy the leads. And I've actually researched it. So there's a handful of companies out there that do $100 million in revenue. And their main business is lead gen for trucking companies. Mm. And how did your experiment go? It made money. So I do all these experiments all the time. I Rarely do I actually like follow through, follow, like make them big, right. because I already have a job and I'm happy. But I like to do these things for fun. And sometimes maybe we'll hire some people to run them. But anyway, so I went and contacted people who could buy the leads. And I go, okay, how much would you buy leads for? They said, we'd buy this type of lead for $10, this type of lead for $100. So I got a range of 10 to $100 for truck drivers that have uh, commercial licenses. Mm. If you read about, th- there's a huge truck shortage right now, truck driver shortage. There's a reason, the reason why there's a truck driver shortage is they're not making a ton of money and it's a really hard job and young people aren't doing it. And so that definitely puts a kink in that idea. But if you think about what America does, one of our biggest things is logistics. We have a huge country and as commerce goes up, that's going to Im- just grow with it. Right. And my father owns a company that works with truckers. I have a lot of insight to this. So trucking is incredibly interesting to me. Okay. So, all right. So we're going to put a pin in this one. Specialty job boards. Interesting idea. Number one. Give me another idea. Did we talk about paywall software last time? No. Okay. I'll reveal some stuff. Okay. So (laughs) at the hustle, I think we're paying three grand a month for a paywall software. It is awful. What does this do? Okay. How does this work? So there's Substack out there. Substack is cool. They just raise money. They are a paywall software for newsletters. So you can really easily collect money and send people exclusive newsletters for a monthly fee. Right. Great. I talked to the founder. I go, hey, are you going to open this up to web-based stuff? Because that's what I need. He said no. And so the idea here is if you go, go to the New York Times and you'll see how some stuff's paywalled and some isn't, they built that software from scratch. I think they built it from scratch probably because they were using the provider that we're using now and they realized how horrible it was. <laughs> I went and spoke to Business of Fashion. You know Business of Fashion? No. It's a great website. They just raised money from financialtimes.com. They had to build their own. Wall Street Journal built their own. The Economist built their own. Like, so many people are building their own TechCrunch. I've heard is spending north of six figures in software fees in order to use this vendor that we're using as well. Wow, it's a pain in the butt, and so so it's asking for a challenger. Oh my god, it's so like I, I will give someone right now five thousand dollars a month to, if they made this to try to try to start this. Yes, right, okay, love it. What else you got? AA. We wrote about this a while ago. Okay, there's something like 20 million people in AA. I got to go look at the exact stats, but we wrote about this idea of AA. There's so many... Alcohol is anonymous. Of course. Um, The amount of people that have a drinking problem in America is huge. AA is the biggest one. They have tens of millions of members. If you've ever gone to an AA meeting, it's intimidating and it's old school. I mean, it's just a bunch of people who come from various walks of life who are all screwed up and they're just sitting in a room, a circle of 10 people explaining why they're screwed up and helping each other. It seemed, It's pretty effective, but we wrote about this company called Tempest that is creating an online version of this that costs a fee. So it's like an app. Yeah. 
And they just actually raised a round of funding, I think, in the last few days. I'm quite interested in this whole addiction thing and how we can help people get through that. The problem is, is if you have an addiction, there's like a huge barrier to entry in order to try to fix your addiction. Right. And that barrier to entry is mostly embarrassment or having to go to like the sperm bank because that's like weird, right? Right. And so what I'm interested in is how will that be solved for digital? Right. Can you do it more personal, more intimate, more uh, sort of frictionless, more conveniently? Yes. I think that's going to be interesting. And I didn't realize how big the demand was. Yeah. Either as a replacement or a supplement to the in-person stuff. Yeah. And what you can do is you can go to AA's website and you can see, I'm almost positive they might have like 50 million members. That When I think of ideas, one of the ways that I think of ideas is I look at where's demand. And work backwards. And work backwards. Yeah. There's a ton of demand there. Okay. I got an idea for you. Came from the Trends Facebook group. So shout out to Ben Curtis and Alan Tucker. All right. So they brought up this idea of a hunting and fishing DTC brand. So you yes. you posted about meat eater. Meat eater. I had never heard of this. It's huge, of course, because I'm like you know snowflake in California that doesn't know anything about any of this. My testosterone's low. I don't I don't go hunting. But dude, I fishing. looked at their traffic. Their traffic's not big. I have to figure out where the revenue is coming from. But they have a lot of revenue. You're saying they raised money at a huge valuation, and I talked to people who were investors, and they said the revenue was big. Okay, so that was kind of interesting. I didn't know about it, and then these guys brought up in the group. They were like, hey. Hunting and fishing is this underserved category, asking essentially for a D2C brand. So go back and listen to the podcast with Moyes, who started Native Deodorant, and, and basically think about, okay, that appealed to a certain set. You know, Native is mostly for women who are you know, health conscious and don't want to have aluminum in the deodorant. The hunting and fishing vertical, which is a lo- very much brick and mortar today, can you create a digital brand that sells either accessories? And Yeti did it. Yeti did it. Yeti built a phenomenal success. They built a $3 billion company for a hunting cooler. Right. Coolers. Exactly. Specifically like a hunting and fishing one. And what these guys were pointing out was that you could first just make content. And so this is kind of like, you know, our our buddy Ramon who does this with, you know, Facebook, how he did it with Facebook pages before he, uh, he's got an episode two, I think, where he, he talks about how he built fan pages about soap operas then built a blog about soap robbers and then sold that for 9 million bucks. Same sort of thing you could do here. You could build fan pages around the hunting and fishing lifestyle and then start to sell products into that group. And this is very much a middle America thing. So which thing. categories? I don't know enough about hunting and fishing to know what is the what is the product, but I would just, you know, t- go on what you were saying, go from the demand and work backwards. Well, do you, That's do you, what I would do. You do you know, guess how many Americans consider themselves hunter or fishers? How many? I'm yeah. gonna, okay, I'm going to say 15 million. Okay, according to some preliminary research that I've done, uh, a third of the oh, country. like 100 million. 105 million. Wow. Yeah, we were talking about this at our company, and some people who are hunters and fishers said, I, I said, I can't believe this is like, such a, a Same niche. number of people that drink water every day. Basically. Right. Like, well, What's going on? I was, like, I, can't, I, I was like, this is such a small niche. I can't believe they And they're like, no, it's not small. And I'm like, well, it doesn't seem big because I live in San Francisco, of right. course. They go and they were did some research right there, and some study said 105 million Americans. Yeah, it, this is a it's like a mega niche. It's like I work at Twitch right now, and Twitch is uh, it's this niche product live streaming for video games and gamers. It's a mega niche, but it's a mega niche because there's so many gamers that you can do hundreds of millions of monthly users off of just gamers. Which yeah, is crazy. And if you want to learn more about this. There was this guy named Ryan Dice who I know. This isn't the same category, but there's a lot of survivalists, like people who a that's the niche within hunting. Yeah, like this survivalist category. They think that the world's going to end, or they just don't want to rely on the government, and so they want to like prepare for apocalyptic like type of things. And anyway, he built this blog 
for survivalists and it crushed it. If you don't believe in that type of stuff, I personally don't believe it. I respect you if you do believe in it. I don't. And so I would never want to like make that stuff. Okay. I wrote down another pseudoscience sort of one like this that you guys wrote about, which is uh, this Ghostbusters thing. Did you read the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the story was basically there's a service. There's like, I think it's an insurance service. And one of their sub offerings is a Ghostbuster service. If you believe that there's your house is haunted or there's a ghost, they will come to your house God, that's stupid. and they will check and they will do the methods that don't, you know, don't mean anything. And people are paying for this because a lot of people are spooked. A lot of people believe in ghosts. And uh, How I many just had to like, think believe in ghosts. Dude, I think it's the same. I think it's like a third of people believe in ghosts. I don't think they're all afraid of ghosts or think their house is haunted, but I think a third of people believe in ghosts. It's uh, that's crazy. It's, it's crazy. I don't. I'm not part of that category. I believe in aliens, but not ghosts. <laughs> okay, D- tweet at me if you believe in ghosts. That's what I want to know at the end of this. <laughs> or if you'd be willing to pay money for someone to come and get rid of ghosts. <laughs> but I, I just had to like pay respects to the person who was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's sell Ghostbusters. Well, and you know that's actually true is because one of the most popular shows on TV for a long time was the Paranormal Activity shows on TLC. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's entertaining. It's it's a very entertaining thing. Okay. And the people who do believe, they're going to pay. Right. The people who believe that their house is haunted, they're going to pay because it's like this, you know, incredibly like tense and stressful thing. You just got to get in that televangelist. Like, (laughs) it's like, ugh. Okay, give me another idea. We got, we got four minutes left. Let's, okay. Let's, burn, uh, let's get two more ideas on the books. A company just launched two months ago, and we covered it in, on Trends. We, I, I think we actually wrote about Keto Cereal before uh, it launched. We looked at the search traffic, and Keto Cereal was climbing like crazy. Magic Spoon. Have you heard of Magic Spoon? I've heard of this because I've tried Keto three times. Magic Spoon. It's a cereal. I have a friend who, like a friend of a friend, and they told me their stats booming. So I looked on LinkedIn. This is this is not insider information. Anyone can do this. I looked on LinkedIn, looked at what the founders were doing before. It was something like a, a D2C thing that from the outside, it seemed like it failed and then they like pivoted and i have seen the traffic for keto cereal surge like the amount of people who search it as well as the amount of posts on reddit um super fascinating if you go and read png Procter and gamble or who all the other catalog all the other cereal makers cereal accounts for like huge i mean i imagine like like it could be like 50 billion dollars a year yeah and it's like soda where the actual thing costs so little that it, all the money the cost is all just marketing yeah, and so they marketed it through TV, corn. TV ads, and everything else. And so the modern day version of TV commercials is Facebook ads. And, and I know people who have done this. So someone who spoke at HustleCon, which a lot actually a lot of these people who we're talking about are going to be at HustleCon. You should come. Like for example, we're having the guys who started Method Soap and Ali Supplement, and so right. we'll talk about this stuff. But anyway, this Magic Cereal. I went to their website. Super basic, slick, but basic website. I think that thing's going to. That that's gonna crush. Right. So Halo Top only raised a million dollars. I think they're gonna Is that do right. Wow. I think they're gonna do north of a billion dollars in sales this year. They <laughs> they paid off dividends to their angel investors. Wow. One of my guys who I'm buds with told me that he like made a living off that dividend. Yeah, Halo Top is huge. Um, I think this keto cereal thing will be in the same category. Yeah, and it might be that there's other things like this. Like uh, my wife is vegan, and so we buy all this. Like there's this candy company called Unreal. That's all vegan candy. So it's like you want Reese's, but you're vegan now. Well, guess what? We made the closest taste to Reese's. That's vegan. And same thing with M&M's and same thing with other candies. And so vegan candy, keto cereals. M&M even has dairy in it? 
chocolate, milk chocolate, right? I know, I know, but that's what I don't know if it's real chocolate. I didn't know if that was, but it's not considered vegan, uh, from what I understand. And so, even if it is technically vegan, it's sort of a person who's vegan and says something about their lifestyle. They usually don't want to be holding a bag of M and M's, even if it is vegan. Even if it, even if it technically is, and they would prefer to have the sort of more organic, the more made of real ingredients version of it. Got it. Willing to actually pay three times as much as M and M's for it. And so, I wonder, you know. Paleo, keto, vegan. I wonder which lifestyle you can piggyback off of and, and make one of those products that they repeat purchase all the time, like cereal. I think this magic spoon thing, like my early results show, I think this thing's going to go to the moon. Cool. I like, all right. I have one more from Trends that I like, and then you're going to finish this up. So, miniature cooking set. I saw this on Trends. It made a lot of sense to me because people love the miniature version of anything. There's something to seeing something that's, you know, you normally see at full size, many pots and pans. And I think that. As more people live in apartments and condos that are smaller and smaller, especially in cities, and people want to cook, and as the, you know, I think Tasty came out with their own skillet to pair with their recipe book or whatever. And we wrote about that, yeah. And that was a clever idea, but I really like this idea of miniature modern cookware. I think something can be quite big there. It's not the business I would start, but it's one where if I see that product, if I see a good product that fits in that, I'm going to, I would invest in that because I believe in the premise and I believe that. Anybody who does something innovative in cookware will be will stand out from the pack because I everything is a, so bland. That's a big business, I think, too. It's just creating really high quality cast iron skillets and things like that. Absolutely. All right, last one. Can I say one more? Yeah. Okay, see. we have Wade Foster speaking at HustleCon. Wade started this company called Zapier. I call it Zapier, Zapier, something, something like that. Yeah. Million dollars raised. I think they're in the sixty million dollar ARR. Yes. Which means they could be worth a lot, like five hundred million bucks. Correct. It's only four years old. But this whole connecting APIs and this no-code economy thing, this whole no-code economy thing... If, no if, code's huge. If we want to call it no-code economy, whatever, that's going to be bigger than the sharing this whole sharing economy stuff. There's Webflow, Zapier, If This Then That, all these things... It's All right, we should we should do we should do a whole a whole sec- section on no code next time next Friday we'll do it. I think it is just the coolest thing I've ever seen, and no code websites still suck. And shout out to Cindy, big listener of the podcast and original investor in Zapier and talks about it all the time because that company's kicking ass. <laughs> I love it. We we just give them more money every month. Yeah, great. All right, Sam, we got to run. Let's get back to life. Hopefully you guys like this. And also we're going to do a Q&A episode. So if you made it to the end of this, you're probably hardcore. We're doing a Q&A episode. So I want you to email me your questions. It's puri.sean, P-U-R-I.sean at gmail.com. Send in your listener questions. We're going to do a full Q&A on those. All right, we got to go. See you. Thank you.